Welcome to The Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Aglis. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host, Roddy Aglis. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. Today on the Wellness Connection, we will hear first from Dr. David Harris, MD, who will discuss the rapidly popularizing science of regenerative medicine and what it can do to improve our health. And on our Health Freedom segment, Dr. Pam Popper, PhD, will share her experience at the very first symposium on scientific freedom, which she attended in Copenhagen, Denmark, plus the supplement of the week, the burning question, and this week's drug-induced nutrient depletion update. But before that, Radia, you have some important information for our listeners regarding the upcoming label changes on the supplements many of them take. Well, you know, it is important, Peter, and thanks to our friends at Vitamin Retailer Magazine, we have news from the Council for Responsible Nutrition, the CRN, that's announced the launch of an educational campaign to inform consumers of upcoming dietary supplement label changes and to encourage overall label literacy. Calling specific attention to the supplement facts label changes on mandated by the uh, Food and Drug Administration, the LabelWise campaign offers easy-to-use information on what consumers can expect to see when shopping for dietary supplements over the next couple of years while companies come into compliance. Uh, the supplement fat label has not been updated for many years, and the new labels will reflect updated science and nutrient needs for consumers. CRN and its partners have developed a campaign to communicate that supplement fact labels are changing to better provide consumers the information they need to make informed choices about their health. On the campaign's website, www.belabelwise.org, visitors can view a two-minute video that explains some of the key changes, such as updates to daily uh, values and measurements for specific ingredients. In addition to the video, the LabelWise site features a consumer fact sheet, um, an infographic, uh, an interactive how-to for reading a supplement fact label, and a stakeholder's toolkit. Well, you know, this is really good news because you and I both know, uh, having been working in this business for as long as we have, that these changes have been coming down the line. But it's great to see CRN take the bull by the horns and really make something that's consumer friendly so people don't look at a new label and go huh yeah yeah i mean these things are really important and oftentimes so many things can be mislabeled um, or misunderstood the labeling on it so i mean you know we try and do our part here at the wellness connection to uh try and give you updated information on the latest nutraceuticals but this is a really good tool for just the average consumer absolutely and why don't you get why don't you give them that uh that that website again yeah, the, the website, again, for you guys who got a pen or pencil, if you're still using that, is www.belabelwise.org. There you go. Yeah. All so, right. And Peter, you know, let's see, your report 
Well, what was I? What were we talking about? Your report's a good lead into what our first guest will discover. It is a discuss with us. There you go. Yes, and indeed it is. There you go. And we'll discover, and he'll discuss. That's right, Radia. In a a study published in the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, and conducted by a team from the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and Public Health in Madison, demonstrated that prolotherapy, an injection-based complementary treatment for chronic musculoskeletal conditions improves pain, stiffness, and function in adults with symptomatic knee osteoarthritis compared to baseline status. This was a prospective uncontrolled study with one-year follow-up conducted in an outpatient setting. The participants included 36 adults with at least three months of moderate to severe knee osteoarthritis recruited from clinical and community settings. They received extra-articular injections of 15% dextrose and intra-articular prolotherapy injections of 25% dextrose at 1, 5, and 9 weeks with as-needed treatments at weeks 13 and 17. Participants reported improvement four weeks after the first injection session and continued to improve through the 52-week follow-up. And satisfaction among the patients was high, and there were no adverse events. Well, you know, the thing I like about it, and Dr. Harris has been my friend, colleague, and my doctor on this subject for a long time. And I've had prolotherapy. I had a neuritis in my feet, and uh, in about... Four or five, you know, sessions, bingo, you know. And, and the thing I love about it is that it's really, it's non-toxic. It's basically dextrose or, or sugar. And uh, so it's really not a chemical they're putting in there. And, and it, it really, we're going to ask, you know, the doc how it works later. But I, I like prolotherapy. I send a lot of people to Dr. Harris. Yeah, well, uh, one of the uh, uh, aviation medical examiners, interestingly, and not in uh, Baltimore when I was flying uh, as an airline pilot, was also a prolotherapist. And a lot of the guys that I flew with that lived in the Baltimore area went to him for exactly this kind of thing. Yeah, it's cool. I, I just like where some, some medicine uh, is going. It, it's we're really getting away from toxic, you know, types of treatment and into more natural treatment, even with medical doctors. And now I'm delighted to introduce our special guest for today, Dr. David Harris. He's a board certified in physical medicine, rehabilitation, and pain medicine. He was among the first physicians over 20 years ago to combine the field of regenerative medicine interventional spine injections and comprehensive pain management into a unified practice within one clinic. Dr. Harris has taught interventional spine techniques and regenerative injection therapy to many physicians nationally and internationally, including physicians throughout North and South America, Europe, and Asia. He has performed more than 150,000 interventional spine and regenerative injection procedures in his career. Dr. Harris, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Uh, thank you very much. I'm uh, honored to be here talking with you tonight. Absolutely. Dr. Harris, of course, I had mentioned earlier before the break that uh, you were my doctor and I've had some real good success with prolotherapy and other things that you've done, but we're hearing a lot about the idea of regenerative medicine. You know, is this a new field of medicine? It's thought to be new by people who haven't been involved. Uh, the concept of stem cells is becoming uh, vogue and people are talking about it. 
But in reality, regenerative medicine in, in a large form, similar to how we practice today, has actually been around since the 1960s or so. Uh, so it's actually got quite a history, but the types of solutions that we have now have improved so much that we get people better much faster and much uh, more um, um, rap- you know, much more rapidly and much more thoroughly now than we used to be able to do in the years past. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about exactly what you do with your injections. What, first of all, what we mentioned earlier, what you injected, but tell us a little bit more about prolotherapy and the things that you're doing. The, the basic idea is that any of the white connective tissue of your body, such as the joints, the ligaments, the tendons, all these structures that help to operate and move and stabilize your body can get damaged or torn with life activities, with sports, with other things that happen to you, falls and things like that. And these injuries often are not healed completely. So people develop chronic pain in their uh, joints and in these structures. It turns out that we can inject growth factors into these different structures and stimulate growth and repair and healing of those uh, areas in ways that people often didn't know you could successfully do many years ago. So we can basically take most connective tissue pain, most chronic pain that people experience and stimulate the body to heal itself naturally so that that pain goes away and the joint becomes stable and the tendons and ligaments become repaired uh, and, and the patient is able to go on about their normal activities functionally and do very well. So for the skeptics in the audience, uh, what you're really saying is it is really possible to actually stimulate growth and repair of injured and degenerative tissue. Is that correct? Uh, That's absolutely what we're saying. And it's not a new concept. It's been around since about the 1950s to 1960s. In fact, it was even taught at American Medical Association meetings back in the early 1960s. Uh, historically what happened was steroids were discovered around that time and every athlete was getting a steroid injection and that would make them better much faster. They would feel better. But as we all know, steroid injections became a problem where if you keep injecting them, you damage tissue, you damage the cartilage, you weaken tissue and tendons rupture. And so people realized that steroids weren't all that great after all, but many doctors at that point had already faded into retirement and the people who were doing Regenerative medicine were very rare, um, and through the 70s and 80s, it was a very unknown field uh, because steroids sort of up, up, uh, showed it up, so to speak, but then steroids became a problem. So ultimately, um, people in my generation started to discover what the old uh, grandfather uh, physicians were doing back in the 60s and 70s and started using it in our practices uh, with, with guidance. And now we have a lot more um, excitement, a lot more experience, and a lot more fancy recipes to inject with. So it's not really new at all, but it's rediscovering what we knew 50 years ago, that the body can be stimulated to heal itself successfully. Well, explain to our listeners a little bit about, you know, injecting basically sugar into an area. How does the body do that? I mean, what does the body do with that? Right. The, the basic idea with prolotherapy was any recipe that stimulates growth and repair could be injected as long as it was a safe recipe and uh, cost-effective and that sort of thing. After many, many uh, generations of solutions, sugar ended up being something that was cheap and simple 
very safe and could be injected easily. So it's kind of found a preference among the people doing this after 20 or 30 years of trying different recipes. So sugar water just became a bizarre idea. And many people think of it as a, you know, a sugar pill, a placebo kind of idea, but actually you use very concentrated sugar solutions with some anesthetic and those directly stimulate the release of growth factors in the damaged tissues. So sugar water became kind of this weird, mythical, witchcraft kind of idea that people didn't really want to believe. Doctors, you know, have trouble believing the idea of sugar injections. Um, but we got great results. And in the mid-90s, that's what I had to work with when I started doing this. Um, about, uh, you know, 12 years later, I discovered how to use platelet-rich plasma in my practice uh, back around 2007. And at that point, the game changed significantly because we could get people better about twice as fast using platelets out of the patient's own bloodstream. So even though there was a bit of a hassle to draw the blood and, and have the platelet concentrates, the results were much quicker and patients got better much faster when we started using platelets. And then now there's other growth factors, including uh, bone marrow concentrates and stem cell type recipes that can be used. But it's all, it all goes back to the basic concept of prolotherapy, which was mo mostly dextrose for about 40 years. And of course, I want to caution our listeners, do not try this at home. Do not be injecting <laughs> some, some sugar in your, in your joint, but go on to it. Yeah, Dr. Harris, uh, in your initial remarks, you uh, alluded to the fact that uh, you know, injury repair actually f uh, was focused initially on uh, different types of athletes, but what types of injuries now have the potential to heal with these techniques? Uh, the beauty of it all is that pretty much anything that hurts in your musculoskeletal system has the potential to be repaired. Um, if you feel pain in your knee uh, or your shoulder or your elbow, your thumbs, your, your fingers, your foot, uh, your neck, your back, your rib cage, um, you, if you have headaches, I mean, many of these things are all caused by connective tissue injuries. And unfortunately, most doctors don't grasp that yet. The conventional model doesn't understand that connective tissue, uh, which is extremely innervated by lots of little nerve endings, that's actually where most of the pain originates. So pretty much anything that hurts, that's in your musculoskeletal system. You know, I'm not treating maybe certain kinds of headaches. I'm not treating heart disease. I'm not treating liver disease. I'm not treating when your bowels are not working well. There's lots of other techniques out there that are used for those types of pain. But when you're talking about a pain within your arms, legs, or spine, uh, those problems are almost always uh, accessible and treatable with these techniques if the practitioner has enough experience. So uh, you know, Radia mentioned the idea of experience, and yeah, this is clearly not something that you uh, boil up in a saucepan and inject on your own at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for 23 years, and I continually get to get better at what I do, and I've treated 150,000 different treatments now over the years. I mean, you get a lot of experience treating a lot of people, and that starts to make this whole process very safe and very uh, uh, effective. Does this include uh, things, because I see, God, I see a lot of osteoarthritis today. Um, can you actually help uh, regenerate um, with, with cases like uh, osteoarthritis? Uh, absolutely. Uh, we see that all the time, um, especially the, the things that I would say are both best proven are things like ligament regeneration and tendon regeneration. 
Um, if you, you know, have a rotator cuff tendon in your shoulder, for instance, if that is damaged or torn, uh, we repair those uh, quite often as long as the tear is not uh, super horrible. Now, if you have a tear and the muscle and the tendon are completely disconnected and they're two or three centimeters apart, it's going to be hard to get a result there that, that works well. But if you have a damaged tendon, which is really what happens most of the time, it's usually not completely ripped apart, but it's torn through and through with what we call a full thickness tear. Those types of tears repair very well with these techniques. So many people are told they have a tear, and they don't understand that that doesn't mean that things are necessarily completely disconnected, but that there's still uh, a frazzled sort of frayed tendon, like a rope that's been kind of scraped up a bit. And those are painful structures, but they're very, very treatable. Uh, we also treat the meniscus, the knee, you know, various other structures that get torn within the joints we treat. And then we also have the cartilage. Cartilage will actually repair and get better and get a little thicker as you strengthen all the ligaments and the structure around the joint. So this doesn't magically just grow cartilage when you inject inside the joint, but when you make the whole joint stronger and better, you end up getting a much more functional cartilage that stays healthier much longer. Mm. Dr. Harris, one of the uh, treatments that you use involves uh, stem cells. For the benefit of our listeners, what is a stem cell and what does that have to do with healing injuries? There is a lot of kind of hype and marketing going on right now about the concept of stem cells. Um, what stem cells basically are, they're the um, localized uh, cells within our body that have the potential for regenerating other tissue. Uh, so some of those cells can turn into muscle. They can tell it, turn into fat. Uh, they can help to regenerate bone. Uh, and so the stem cells can divide when they're in the body perform the function of producing new cells. Now, it's important to understand that that's one aspect of stem cells. More, as, as important as anything, stem cells serve as what we call a messenger signaling cell. And the, these uh, cells also produce lots of growth factors and just shoot them out into the environment. So if you have an injury, the stem cells in the area will start shooting out growth factors to all the other cells and kind of coordinating the repair process and coordinating the cleanup process. So stem cells are, in large part, signalers that tell all the other cells what to do. So when we take stem cells out of your body and uh, concentrate them and inject them where we want healing to occur, we're actually producing little growth factor factories that are planted in different places, and they'll continue to shoot out growth factors to the cells nearby and tell them to repair the tendon or the ligament and that process is known now to go on for months after you do an injection of these types of uh, tissues. Uh, so stem cell basically can regenerate and turn into other tissue, but in most of our work, it, it mostly serves as a factory to signal all the other cells in the area to do their jobs better. So the tendon cells make better tendons, the ligament cells make better ligaments and better connective tissue, the cells around your labrum and your meniscus produce better collagen so that your meniscus and your cartilage are healthier. Well, doctor, if you'll hold that thought, we're going to be talking to you more after the break uh, about stem cells. We'll continue our interview with Dr. David Harris, MD, after a brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Mm-hmm. 
All of us go through menopause or andropause at some point in our life. The changes in our body make us feel depressed, less confident, and lethargic. Research shows that levels of testosterone drop 50% between the ages of 20 and 40 for females and almost 1% every year for males over the age of 40. Alpha Male X and Alpha Female contain a powerful blend of nine synergistic ingredients designed to help support healthy hormone metabolism in men and women. Additionally, the select ingredients in this formula have been proven clinically effective in supporting sexual health and energy, promoting healthy cortisol levels, and providing dopamine support. When it comes to hormones, one supplement does not fit all. So be sure and visit alphatherapeutics.us and fill out the questionnaire to get the dosage instructions that are right for you. Use the code wellnessconnection for a 15% discount on your first order. Let's connect because together we make our lives better. You're listening to the Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. And welcome back to the Wellness Connection and our continuing interview with Dr. David Harris, MD. Dr. Harris, um, is it better to use your own stem cells or use cells and tissue from another person? That is a... a brilliant question because that is a, a controversial area in our, in our field right now. Um, in my practice, we virtually always use the patient's own cells uh, from the bone marrow or from the blood uh, and use those in concentrated form to treat the patient because that's where we get our best results. Um, there are clinics around the world outside of the United States where you can get cultured stem cells injected that were derived from birth products, effectively from umbilical cord cells and other tissues. Um, those uh, clinics seem to be getting fair results, but there's really very little science and almost no no real studies. There's books and there's websites, but it's very unclear what kind of results that they're really getting because there has not been much published research on that. Um, then you have an in-between kind of ground, and that is where some people currently are uh, advertising that they can give you stem cells out of a bottle in the United States. And these are bottled products from Amnion, Placenta, Warden's Jelly, and a few other things that are, again, uh, obtained from the um, uh, placenta, basically. And these products uh, have regenerative proteins. They are functional in the sense that if you inject them, you are getting a stimulation, most likely. The studies are very, very poor to date, and none of the studies show that there's any viable stem cells in any of those products. So we're very skeptical, and there's a lot of money being made by people who are selling a product that really does not have any proven value yet. Um, and, and people are being talked into five and $10,000 procedures with stem cells from a bottle, and really that's, uh, there's a lot of hype. Uh, a lot more science needs to be done to have any verification of, of, of the value of that. And our, how, you know, contrary to that, when we use PRP, play the rich plasma, and stem cell concentrates from bone marrow, there's hundreds to thousands of articles that now that have been published. Many studies have been done. The safety is proven. There's no cancers or tumors being produced. Uh, you know, our success rates generally run about 80% or greater using those types of products. So there's, uh, you know, we find that it's just much better to use your own tissue 
even though there's a hassle factor of getting your blood drawn or having a bone marrow aspiration done, um, those are pretty minor and really pretty pain-free the way we do them these days. And uh, it takes about an hour and a half to do the whole procedure for the patient, but the results uh, are, are excellent. Well, Doc, uh, you know, this kind of begs the question, as you very correctly pointed out, good science requires that studies be performed, and you pointed out with some of these uh, other stem cell uh, treatments that are being conducted primarily outside the country uh, that isn't available. Uh, for our, uh, some of our more informed listeners, where can they go to just kind of read up on this in the way of some of these more authoritative studies? Uh, where can you suggest they look? Well, that, that's a good question. Um, there are several uh, high-level organizations that teach I'm on faculty for several organizations and teach all around the world. Um, one is called the uh, Interventional Orthopedics Foundation. Uh, there's a lot of information that one can get from their website. Um, there's one called uh, American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine, and they have a website that has uh, information and listings of doctors who've been trained. Um, there's, uh, of course, our website has information as well. As far as studies, uh, there are groups of studies listed out there uh, where you can look them up. There's a, there's a fellow named Dean Reeves who has a website called drreeves.com, D-R-R-E-E-V-E-S.com, and he's actually compounded a bunch of the studies that people can go and look at. So mm -hmm. uh, as far as PRP, you know, about 600 uh, articles a year have been published for many years now, so there's a lot of articles. I, I always laugh when people say that this stuff is new and it's unstudied and you look at it and the studies for this are far better and far more numerous than studies for knee arthroscopy, for instance. Uh, you know, knee operations right now have been shown to basically not work for the meniscus and many people are still getting those procedures and the, the last five or six big studies that have come out show that knee meniscus surgery basically has about a 30% success rate and a substantially uh, significant risk uh, to it, and yet it's considered standard treatment, which is strange. Uh, you know, regenerative techniques are, are at least in the 70 to 80% success rate uh, with almost no risk. So, to, you know, when you look at what's been studied, it's strange to me that people think that surgery is the studied method and that regenerative techniques are the unstudied method. Hmm. Well, let me ask you something. You know, so somebody comes into your office and they've got an injury or whatever, and you, how do you determine whether you're going to use prolotherapy or stem cell therapy or any other kind of therapy? Like, what is the criteria for your treatment? That's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, it sort of breaks down to what degree of a problem does the patient have. If they have a fairly mild tendon, ligament, or joint looseness, like a double-jointed type of joint, then generally dextrose prolotherapy works very well for those problems. And I can usually fix most problems in about three to four treatments, up to maybe six, using dextrose. If there's any significant tears of the structure, uh, such as a rotator cuff tear or a tear around the knee or a tear around the ligaments of the hand, for instance, in those situations, I generally like to have platelet-rich plasma uh, to use with or without the dextrose solutions because then I have a little stronger firepower. And usually with PRP, I can fix things about twice as fast which also means about half the number of visits. So PRP is a little more expensive than, than uh, dextrose prolotherapy or maybe a lot more expensive, but you get about twice the impact and you have half the number of treatments. So it kind of balances out in cost a little bit. Uh, 
When it comes to stem cells, which we get from the bone marrow, that tends to be when the amount of damage is more severe, kind of a moderate to severe injury of the meniscus in the knee or a big tear in the rotator cuff that's still maybe hanging on by a thread or two uh, or a joint that's been pretty beat up uh, otherwise. So uh, the, like the thumb joints, for instance, or the hip joints, those are joints that I tend to use bone marrow concentrate stem cell recipes along with the PRP because that combination has given me the best results over the years um, compared to dextrose alone. So uh, really the, the big trick is to re- understand that regenerative medicine is how you fix these structures and to kind of get away from steroids and try to get away from surgery if at all possible. But mm-hmm. get, once you go into the regenerative realm, at that point it's a matter of how severe is the problem. And frankly, you know, it costs money because the insurance company still has not woken up to this for people yet. So mm-hmm. people, people are having to pay their own way. And generally, it's more work for me to do a bone marrow uh, than just to get a platelet treatment. So it costs more. Uh, When I do a bone marrow treatment, I also draw blood for platelets. So we get both kinds of recipes working for us. And a lot of times, I use dextrose as well as part of the mix to treat different parts of the equation because there's so many different things you treat. Mm. Uh, One thing that is not obvious to people because I can't show it uh, uh, visually but when I treat a knee, I may well treat anywhere from 15 to 30 different structures around the knee at one setting. So we numb it all up real good, and I treat a bunch of different areas because if you don't thoroughly treat the knee, you're really not going to get a response that, that works well. So it's not like we're just putting one needle inside the knee and squirting some stuff inside there and fertilizing the cartilage at all. It's much more of a comprehensive treatment where you treat the entire system. And that's where, for all these years I've been doing this, that's why we get the results that we get. So anybody who thinks that it's about squirting a little something into a joint and and thinking that that's the end of it, that's not really very effective. You get much more better results if you train more comprehensively. Mm. No, I've had your little barrage of needles before. And I know it's not just one shot, but it certainly does. It really, really does work. I mean, for me, for my feet it took about four four sessions with you and I had serious neuritis on the bottom of my feet so that was really good I've got a quick question about PRP Um, are you referring to immunoglobulin PRP or when you say PRP would you distinguish for our for our guests or for our listeners the difference between say the glucose treatment and the PRP Right. The, the, when it comes to the dextrose sugar type of treatment, there's pharmaceutical grade um, dextrose that you get out of a bottle, we mix it with lidocaine, and then you numb up and treat the structure. And that's relatively easy. And like I say, it's effective for mild to moderate problems. If you have something that's more in the moderate range or greater, then we use platelet-rich plasma. With that, we draw the blood from the patient. Um, we usually use 180 cc's of blood, which is not a whole lot of blood, but more than people get when they draw at a lab. And we process that in our lab, in our clinic. We've got a, a lab with sterile uh, laminar flow hoods that we process our platelet-rich plasma treatment with. And I will normally get about 20 to 30 cc's of high-strength, high-concentration platelet-rich plasma. And then we inject with that uh, as, a, as a recipe. We're mixing it with a little bit of anesthetic as well. So platelet-rich plasma involves drawing blood and then using that in addition to the dextrose uh, solutions that we use. Uh, and then, wow. again, as I said, for the, for the bone marrow concentration, we also take a small needle 
get some uh, bone marrow out of the hip area, which surprised me. If you look on the web, people think that that's a very painful procedure, but we've been doing that now for eight years, and it's pretty easy. When you numb it properly and you give it four or five minutes for the anesthetic to soak in, uh, the patients really feel very little when, when you do a bone marrow uh, procedure uh, most of the time. It's very mm-hmm. tolerable. Um, I've actually had it all myself. Wow. You know, I had, I, had, I had my own knee treated about three years ago with bone marrow and PRP, and I went from basically I couldn't walk a mile without severe pain. I couldn't stand for more than an hour, and I couldn't kick a soccer ball 10 feet. Uh, I've now, since we got it repaired, but my, I had four tears in my knee on my MRI, and now my MRI scan is normal. I've run about 250 miles on that knee since we repaired it. I've had zero pain, no swelling, no problems. I can kick a ball like in high school. I can hike. I can, <laughs> you know, I can, I skied a week last year. So my knee is was phenomenal. Um, it was a great outcome. And again, it was one bone marrow and a couple of PRP treatments. Oh, Wonderful. We got oh, just about a minute left, uh, Dr. Harris. How can our listeners find out more about you and your activities? Well, I'm in central Texas and I don't know where the listeners are all located. There are different uh, websites that people can look at to find doctors who know how to do this around the country. Um, some of those places I already mentioned earlier would be good places to start to find a doctor who gets it. If you are in Central Texas, we are in Austin. Uh, my website is uh, charmaustin.com. That's C-H-A-R-M-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. That stands for the Center for Healing and Regenerative Medicine. Uh, that's uh, where our information is available, our location, our maps. We are in uh, Northwest Austin, and uh, you know we—I've got a large clinic. We have physical therapy. We've got three physicians and a physician's assistant, and it's uh, what we focus on is uh, repairing people so that they don't have to go off and have surgery for the things that uh, that are bothering them, and allow them to play tennis and golf and continue to have their lives again. Wow, well, that is super. Well, Dr. Harris, we know you have so much more to share with us, but that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Dr. David Harris for joining us on the Wellness Connection. We'll be well, Thank right you very back. much. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very honored to be part of your conversation. Thank you so much. It was delightful. Thank you. We'll be right back after this brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Do you or a family member have trouble concentrating, staying on task, remembering things? Does everyday life stress you out, or are you in a bad mood? Well, we may have just the solution. Neurobiologics' new nutritional formula, Full Focus, created by leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist, Dr. Kendall Stewart, with 12 active ingredients carefully crafted by a physician to maximize brain performance, memory, and mood. For more information on this product and to view a video by Dr. Stewart explaining how Full Focus works and may be helpful to you or your family, please visit neurobiologics.com. Neurobiologics, where our mission is your health. Do you have trouble with nervousness, trouble relaxing, or turning your brain off at night to fall asleep? Then we may have a natural solution just for you. Calming Cream from Neurobiologics, created by a leading neurosurgeon, provides five essential ingredients to help relax the neurotransmitters of the brain. Who wouldn't want to relax or wind down with a great-smelling lotion? Visit neurobiologics.com or coffeewithdrstewart.com for details. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives one formula at a time. 
You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. You know what that means. It's post time, time for the supplement of the week. And what supplement are we posting this week? Well, the supplement of the week is Flexin by Flexin. <laughs> and Flexin is a very touching story behind it, Peter. I really, I really like this story. A doctor by the name of Harry Dial um, at the U.S. government's National uh, Institute for Health. He became concerned about a neighbor's pain and disability from rheumatoid arthritis. And the friend's condition had deteriorated over time until he became disabled. Uh, so Dial wanted to help his friend, but, you know, as a researcher, he knew that finding a cure for arthritis meant inducing the disease experimentally in research animals. So he started with mice and quickly realized that he was unable to induce arthritis in them. So Dial tried every way that he could to give, up, to give the mice arthritis, but they just couldn't get it. He soon realized that the mice are 100% immune to arthritis. So Dial noticed a mysterious compound that protected mice from arthritis, isolated and identified it, and called it cetylmestroliate, otherwise known as CM8. This is a unique ingredient in flexin and it's clinically shown to treat and even prevent joint pain, arthritis, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, gout, and fibromyalgia. Yeah, a major study was conducted with Flexin where the objective was to compare the efficacy and safety of joint treatment by an oral-based CM8 complex versus a placebo. The study was performed as a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled parallel trial tested in three groups over a 30-day period. The remarkable results showed a significant improvement of 63% in group A, which received just cetylmyristoliate alone. In group B, the additional uh, addition of complementary elements, which are in the flexin, resulted in an even more astonishing improvement, averaging over 84%. And group C, the placebo group, <laughs> reported just a 14.5% uh, improvement. To fully appreciate the astounding results of this study, the flexin complex group B experienced a rate of improvement nearly 70% higher than those treated with more traditional drugs like methotrexate and cyclosporin, which of course have dangerous side effects. You know, in addition to CMA, it's also this particular pro product, Flexin, has glucosamine sulfate, it has NSM, it has hydrolyzed collagen type 2, it has peppermint leaf powder, bromelain, and intravase. As well as all the cofactors for joint health, such as vitamin C, calcium, zinc, copper, manganese, and enzymes. And as a personal note, Radia, I take Flexin every day, twice a day, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be without it. So then you don't have to go see Dr. Hill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. So if you wish to get your hands on some Flexin, you can email us at www.thewellnessconnectionahi at gmail.com or give me a call and I'll send you some. 
And just a reminder to our listeners, neither Peter or I nor um, uh, receive any commission on these products. We just want to give you the best information on cutting-edge nutritional therapies. But as you can see, and especially in a, cases like this, we're also happy supplement consumers. We are, and that's how come we know, because we... You know, we're physician we're our, heal thyself. We're our own, we're our own lab rats. <laughs> That's right. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional. None of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease. Today's burning question was submitted by who, Radia? Well, Sue, who's right here in Austin, Texas, says, My doctor recommended niacin for my cholesterol. And I've heard of niacin and niacinamide, but I don't know what the difference is. So niacin, or vitamin B3, is also known as nicotinic acid and is one of the essential human nutrients. Niacin deficiencies can result in pellagra, uh, symptoms may include delusions or mental confusion, diarrhea, nausea, inflamed uh, inflammation of the mucous membranes, and scaly skin sores. Nicotinic acid is known to lower two types of bad cholesterol, LDL and VLDL, as well as increased levels of good cholesterol, or HDL. And in fact, when used with lifestyle changes such as losing weight, eating healthy, and increasing physical activity, niacin helps to lower high cholesterol and can increase HDL more than any other medication or nutrient. But niacinamide, a.k.a. Uh, uh, nicotinamide or nicotinic acid amide, is derived from niacin. Uh, the body can convert niacin into niacinamide. However, there is some critical difference between these two vitamin B3 components. Niacinamide can also be made by our body from an amino acid known as tryptophan. Although the two are used uh, interchangeably, they have different properties. Their physical effects on the body also differ, and people who are sensitive to their effects may prefer to use one over the other. High niacin doses can cause flushing, a condition that causes blood vessels to widen. This makes the capillaries under the skin to expand to allow more blood to flow, making the skin to become red and itchy. So, you know, niacinamide, uh, does not have the effect of skin flushing, and that's why it's preferred over niacin in the treatment of pellagra, a condition that's result results in a lack of, of vitamin B3. Some niacin is converted to nicotinamide, and some nicotinamide is converted to a compound called NAD. And NAD is an important part of our energy-making cycle, a.k.a. the Krebs cycle, as well as important because it is the de-enabler molecule that helps prevent a certain DNA-based aging mechanism. Now remember, Sue, products labeled as no-flush niacin generally contain no nicotinic acid. The main component of these products is inositol hexanicotinate, uh, a different form of vitamin three, uh, B3. Inositol hexanicotinate or inositol nicotinate work as other B vitamins work to promote energy metabolism and nervous system health. However, Sue, because the cholesterol-lowering properties of niacinamide are inhibited, I do not recommend it for cholesterol reduction. Now, an important note, those who have a history of stomach ulcers should not take niacin. And I recommend niacin by Douglas Labs and niacitol, no-flush niacin, by Pure Encapsulations. 
You can submit your own burning question by sending it to us at thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. That's thewellnessconnection, A-H-I, at gmail.com. Tune, tune in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air. We'll be right back with important information about drug-induced nutrient depletion and our health freedom update after a brief message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Do you have trouble with nervousness, trouble relaxing, or turning your brain off at night to fall asleep? Then we may have a natural solution just for you. Calming Cream from Neurobiologics, created by a leading neurosurgeon, provides five essential ingredients to help relax the neurotransmitters of the brain. Who wouldn't want to relax or wind down with a great smelling lotion? Visit neurobiologics.com or coffeewithdrstewart.com for details. Neurobiologics, we are changing lives one formula at a time. Do you or a family member have trouble concentrating, staying on task, remembering things? Does everyday life stress you out, or are you in a bad mood? Well, we may have just the solution. Neurobiologics' new nutritional formula, Full Focus, created by leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist, Dr. Kendall Stewart, with 12 active ingredients carefully crafted by a physician to maximize brain performance, memory, and mood. For more information on this product and to view a video by Dr. Stewart explaining how Full Focus works and may be helpful to you or your family, please visit neurobiologics.com. Neurobiologics, where our mission is your health. You're listening to The Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. And now it's time for this week's drug induced nutrient depletion update, which features the diabetic drug sulfonylurea. Uh, such as metformin, and the nutrient it depletes is CoQ10. Yep, the signs of CoQ10 deficiency include diarrhea, nausea, and heartburn. CoQ10 may lower sugar levels and blood pressure, and remember, CoQ10 is like the ignition on your cell. It helps provide energy to cells. Right. You know, Peter, it's surprising to see how divided clinicians are on the sulfurinurios, um, you know, like metformin, we're seeing a lot of controversy now. That's right. A large UK prospective diabetes trial showed diabetic patients in the more aggressively treated group that took sulfonylureas showed improvements in microvascular complications, i.e. eye and kidney problems. However, about one half of them lost control of their diabetes within three years, and most lost control within nine years. In other words, their beta cells were not uh, preserved. Wow. So if you purchase these drugs, be sure to talk to your qualified pharmacist or wellness consultant to help you find the right supplement and dosage to complement your drug prescription. Now it's time for our health freedom segment. And each week during this segment, we'll be talking with renowned experts and advocates about our most precious right, the right to bodily integrity, the right to decide what we put into our bodies and how to care for them. Some of us call that health freedom. Today's special guest is Dr. Pam Popper, PhD. She is a naturopath, 
an internationally recognized expert on nutrition, medicine, and health, and the executive director of Wellness Forum Health. She serves on the Physician's Steering Committee and the President's Board for the Physician's Committee and the President's uh, for Responsible Medicine in Washington, D.C. She has been featured in many widely distributed documentaries, including Forks Over Knives, which played in major theaters throughout North America in 2011. She's one of the co-authors of the companion book, which was on the New York Times bestseller list for 66 weeks. Dr. Popper is featured as one of the lead experts in Diet Fiction, which was released in January 2019 and authored the companion book for this film as well. She's also a lobbyist and public policy expert and continually works towards changing law that interfere with patients' right to choose their health provider and method of care. She's testified in front of legislative committees on numerous occasions and has testified twice in front of the USDA Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee. Dr. Popper, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, we're glad to have you. And, uh, you know, Dr. Popper, you and I became acquainted uh, way back when, probably uh, farther back than either of us cared to count, due to our mutual interest in protecting health freedom. And you recently returned from attending the first ever scientific symposium on scientific freedom in Copenhagen, Denmark. What was the purpose of your attendance? Um, well, I was invited to be a presenter at that conference, which was really quite an honor because um, it was a celebration, really, of Peter Goetz's uh, ouster from Cochrane collaboration and his job in, um, uh, in, at the hospital in, in Copenhagen uh, and, and launching his new life as an independent, truly independent uh, spokesperson uh, for scientific freedom and in scientific integrity. And so uh, some very top scientists from around the world who have been um, persecuted, uh, discredit, you know, people try to discredit, the drug companies come after you, everybody comes after you if you're going to be a truth teller. Uh, so many people from the Cochrane Organization who are in support of Peter and other folks like me were invited to um, present their own experiences and, and also what, what their own scientific findings have found. And so in my case, what I was talking about is um, in spite of the fact that we have just overwhelming data that uh, diet and nutrition play a major role in, um, in the development of disease and could be primary interventions in resolving disease, uh, the forces are against us in getting the word out. And some of the terrible, you know, when, when you look at our data, I started my presentation by saying, what would you think if I told you I had developed a drug that could help reverse diabetes, stop the progression of multiple sclerosis, stop the progression of inflammatory bowel disease, um, make stable uh, arterial plaque and cause terminal patients to live for 30 years. I mean, this, is all, this has all been proven, published in medical journals, that this is possible. You would want to own stock in my company. Um, anybody in the audience in the medical field would want to prescribe these drugs. So why, why isn't this type of work being celebrated? Well, that was the focus of the conference is how uh, the drug companies and the medical institutions and the licensure boards and the professional associations keep this kind of thing from becoming a competitive threat. So that's what I was doing in Denmark. It was a phenomenal conference. I, was, I really enjoyed hearing the other speakers and their stories were equally as horrific and interesting at the same time as mine. Well, can you tell us some of the issues that were discussed? 
Oh yeah. Um, one if, one of the things first of all I want to say is that some of these people have been tortured. I mean, they've had horrible things happen to them, and yet they get up on the stage, they're happy people, and they're still fighting the good fight in spite of what's going on. So um, one, one issue had to do with a, a, a woman got up, her name is Kim Witzak, and uh, she owns an, she's in the advertising business, was married to a guy by the name of Woody, um, the episode that I'm going to tell you about happened uh, a few years ago. He was 38 years old, something like that, and had just gotten his dream job as sales manager for a growing company. He was having trouble sleeping at night, went to see his family doctor who prescribed Zoloft for sleep. That's an off-label prescription for that drug. And her husband, who had no health issues and no psychological issues, I'll just make the story really short, he hung himself five weeks to the day after he took this drug. And when they called, he was having some severe reactions to the drug, and when they contacted the doctor, his response was, sometimes it takes a while to get used to it, so just keep taking the drug. And so um, she didn't really understand. I mean, she was pretty naive about the drug business and everything. And so um, it was her sister-in-law who started doing some research and saying something's not right. This guy wasn't suicidal. He wasn't depressed. Nothing was wrong. And then he hung himself in the garage. And uh, she ended up filing a lawsuit against Pfizer, and they settled out of court. She said that they all, they all settled with gag orders. They don't want anybody talking about the final settlements. But, uh, but Pfizer actually tried to claim in her case, I read the online uh, trial transcripts when I got back uh, to the United States, that, um, that had they made full disclosure on the label, it would have been a violation of federal law because the feds weren't requiring a suicide warning at the time. Of course, I told my story of the state of Ohio trying to incarcerate me at one point in time for practicing dietetics without a license, and I won that case. And, and, and there were some other equally ridiculous things that happened in Ohio and some other places regarding the talking about nutrition. But, but those were the kinds of stories that were told. It was eight hours of presentations of that type. You know, there's a, I'll, I'll mention a really important book that I read a while ago that I think everybody should read. It's called The Social Transformation of American Medicine. And it's basically how medicine, how medical doctors, the, the first third of the book is about how medical doctors got control of healthcare in the United States. And, and I'll come back to that in just a second. But other occupations like dietitians watched how well that worked for them. And, and they decided to do it too. So hence, you've got everybody carving out their turf and title uh, through the use of licensure laws, which are introduced ostensibly to protect the public, and they really are to protect occupations. But um, what was interesting about the, the um, medical doctors taking over medicine two things about it. One was that it was against the will of the American people who hated medical doctors. In fact, the average medical doctor 100 years ago made less than the average postal worker. That's how much they were reviled by Americans. And it was through political maneuvering and the money that they spent that they managed to get control of medicine. Dr. Popper, would you repeat the, the name of that, the title of that book you were mentioning about the history of Medicine. Yeah, it's called The Social Transformation of, of American Medicine. It's written by Paul Starr. It's an older book. It goes back to 1984. It won the Pulitzer Prize. And the first third of the book is about how doctors got control of medicine. Then a third of the book is about the hospital system and how it grew up. And by the way, one really interesting fact there is that one of the reasons why all states require certificates of need in order to justify building a hospital is that states and governments found out that doctors will fill as many beds as exist in a given area. 
So they had to put some kind of brakes on it or the entire population would be hospitalized because they just have that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's really not about discretion or medical need. It's about um, being busy in the healthcare field, not based on what results you produce. Uh, but the third part of the book is about the insurance business and how it grew up. And you just get a pretty good idea about how corrupt all of this stuff is and how very little of it had anything to do with the consumer and the consumer's health outcomes. It, it, it's all about money. It's all about control. It's about, um, it's about people preserving and protecting themselves. And most of all, doctors protecting themselves and keeping everything else out. Mm. Well, well, Dr. Popper, we, uh, we have just about a minute uh, before we have to let you go. How can our listeners find out more about you and your activities? Um, my email address is pampopper at msn.com. Uh, my website is wellnessforumhealth.com. And um, I'm so glad we connected because I'm hoping that we're all going to get organized together and just overrun the system with people who are just sick of all this stuff. And, and I, I kind of think it's time for all of us to be organizing ourselves. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing from people. I'm, in, I'm interested in collaborating with people like you. I hope this won't be the end of what we're talking about here. Well, you certainly sound like you're, you're one person who could take the lead on that. And I'm right there with you shoulder to shoulder. So, Dr. Popper, we really want to continue this discussion. I'm just fascinated. I'm riveted. You've been great this evening. Um, but since we know you have so much more to share with us, um, we'd love to have you back on our show. But that's all the time we have for today. So thank you, Dr. Pam Popper, for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Thank you. Sure. Be sure to tune in next week. And, of course, be sure to submit your burning question the next one we answer may be yours. I'm your co-host, Roddy Iglesias. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection, brought to you by Wade and Neurobiologics. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Wellness Connection with Roddy Iglesias and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.